Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life: personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram, or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, please share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show. The listeners, thank you for tuning into our podcast. This Friday is 9/11, a day our nation mourns and swears that we will never forget. It is also a day that we, as people, united to celebrate the heroes that gave away their lives in the front line and continue to keep our promises that we will be precious our nations on their sacrifice. For all of us who live in New York. This day is especially hard, as we were neighbors to the victims. We were friends to those unsung heroes who lost their lives for others. So, with that in mind, I want to dedicate this episode to those heroes and their families, and reassure them that we will never forget. Welcome to episode forty-six, "Never Forget," a special episode. Dedicated to the unsung heroes of 9/11. Before we begin the episode, I want to remind everyone that California is still struggling with some of the worst fires in the American history while we are still in the pandemic. Many families have lost their homes after their job have been impacted by the COVID. Many first responders and firefighters have been working nonstop day after day. You can help these brave men and women, along with those who have lost their homes, families, and livelihood, by visiting California Fire Foundation. A simple donation may not be a big deal for you, but I assure you that your support will mean the world for those who are suffering and in need of rebuild. And if you cannot donate, please share the information with your social circle, as it will really helps. Now. As our episode is dedicated to our unsung heroes of 9/11, I also want to highlight a very special charity that's dedicated to providing scholarship to the dependent of those who lost their life during the attack. School can be expensive. The Families of Freedom Scholarship Fund, which operates as a part of the Scholarship America, has provided more than $150 million in scholarship to the dependents of those killed or otherwise affected in the 9/11 attacks and subsequent rescue efforts. 
by clicking on the link attached to our show note, you'll be able to be part of the positive force to help these families out. Now, for any listeners, if you have a nonprofit that supports the community and make a difference that you would like to give a shout out to, please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or simply DM me on Instagram or Facebook. I'll be more than happy to highlight them. Now, before we start, I would like to kick off our episode with some inspiring news about some of the heroes that are currently fighting in the front line. Our first news is brought to you by Tank's Good News. The headline is, Police Officers Save Men in Wheelchair from Getting Hit by a Train at the Last Possible Second, written by Stacy Redson. Typically, when we hear about police body cam footage in the news, it's because a cop did something bad and needs to be held accountable. But thankfully, this daring tale of police rescue is not one of those stories. Lodi, California, police officers Erica, Uria, have been patrolling near the Union Pacific Railroad tracks on Wednesday morning when she spotted an elderly man in a wheelchair who appeared to be stuck on the tracks. Unfortunately, the armed guards were already coming down to stop traffic and the train was bearing right at him, so Yuria had to literally think on her feet. She quickly made a dash for a man but couldn't free his wheelchair from the tracks. Instead, Yuria pulled him from the chair and out of the harm's way with not even seconds to spare. As the train smashed the wheelchair and clipped the man's leg as she pulled him away. After being treated at the scene, the unidentified man was taken to the nearby hospital where he was listed in critical but stable condition. Given the circumstances, it seemed clear that he got off lucky with injury. The Lodi Police Department later posted footage of the howling rescue to YouTube. A northbound train was traveling pretty fast and she rushed over to get him unstuck, Sergeant Steve Menar told the Lodi News Sentinel. She only had few seconds and for some reason she couldn't get the chair loose, so she grabbed hold of him and held him from the chair. Officer Uriah risked her own life to save another, and her actions prevented a tragedy that day, added the Lodi Police Department. We are extremely proud of Officer Uriah and her heroism. Uriah, who is a 14-year-old veteran of the department, declined to comment for the story, but clearly actions speak louder than words. It goes without saying that we could use more cops like her. And as usual, the videos is actually attached to our show note as well too. So here at Life Plus Up, we salute you, Officer Uria, for not just saving life, but demonstrating the highest level of bravery and become an inspiration for all of us. For that, we thank you for letting us know that heroes do exist. Now, hero comes in many different kinds. Our next story about a hero that is not very traditional, but still heroic. The story is brought to you by the Good News Network, and the headline is, This affectionate dog is bringing so much joy to firefighters battling California blazes. Meet Kirith, the two-year-old dog who loves trail running, beach exploring, and helping firefighters feel better. 
The Sweet Nature Golden Retriever has one very important job. As a certified crisis response therapy dog, she tasked with helping exhausted firefighters get the kind of comfort only a four-legged friend can provide. That's especially important work right now, as hundreds across the Marine County work extra long shifts to try to contain the Woodward Fire that's currently blazing through Northern California. Keith has her own sweet Instagram account. It's clear from the fun photos that this fluffy friend brings a lot of joy to others. Kirith is boosting morale during the crew's morning briefing, Heidi Carmen, Kirith's human caretaker, told CNN. She brings levity and a sense of playfulness, even though they know the task of the day will be challenging. Trained to be a guard dog, her super acceptable nature made her not quite suited for her original task, but Kirith went on to become a therapy dog in the emergency ward of local hospital. But explains Carmen to CNN, her favorite people are firefighters. She makes people feel loved, special, and important. One firefighter told me, Kirith has the uncanny ability to make me feel like I am the most important person in the world. So here I light plus up, Kirith, we thank you for bringing joy and happiness to those heroes who are in the front line, who've been battling the fire nonstop. And because of you, we all feel a much more joyful on this special day. Now, let's go ahead and take a short break before we jump into our special episode dedicated to our unsung heroes of Night 11. Hi, this is Kevin from Light Plus Up. Do you want to have more resources or episodes? If you do, don't forget to visit our Patreon page listed in the show description. As being a patron to our Patreon, you'll be getting special episodes, workshops, or even one-on-one Zoom meetings for your life coaching plans. Be sure to sign up for our publication, The Life Business Insiders, where you can find tons of resources to help you from some of the most brilliant minds in the industry to help you to succeed in personal, financial, and career. So don't forget to subscribe to The Life Business Insider, a free online publication for all the listeners of The Life Plus Up podcast. Welcome back. On September 11, 2001, the United States was brought down on its knees in the morning. Amidst great struggle, emergence greeted greatest heroes. Citizens put aside all differences, came together to lift up the injured, lost, grieving, and heartbroken. So today, I would like to talk about a few unsung heroes and their powerful story. The first that I would like to talk about is the Roman Catholic priest and the New York Fire Department chaplain, Michael Fallon Judge, who had gone into the burning towers and blessed firefighters, hearing their last confessions and losing his life in the process. Michael Fallon Judge was born on May 11, 1933, was an American Franciscan friar and Catholic priest who served as a chaplain to the New York City Fire Department. While serving in that capacity, he was killed, becoming the first certified fatality of September 11, 2001 attacks. Michael was born on May 11, 1933 in Brooklyn, New York, the son of immigrants from County Latrine, Ireland, and the firstborn of the pair 
fraternal twins. His twin sisters, Debna, was born two days later. Judge was baptized in St. Paul's Church in Brooklyn on June 4th. They and their older sister Irene grew up during the Great Depression. From the age three to six, he watched his father suffer and die a slow, painful illness of the skull and inner ear. To earn income following his father's death, Judge shined shoes in the New York Penn Station and would visit St. Francis of Assis Church located across the street. Seeing the Franciscan friars there, he later said, I realized that I didn't care for marital things. I knew then that I want to be a friar. After spending his freshman year at the St. Francis Preparatorial School in Brooklyn, where he studied under the Franciscan Brothers of Brooklyn in 1948 at the age of 15, Judge became the formation process to enter the Order of Friars Minor. After completing that year of formation, he received the religious habit and professed his first vows as a member of the order. At that time, he was given the religious name of Fallon Michael. He later dropped Fallon and changed to Michael. According to The Cure There and Everywhere by Sarah Prager, Michael changed his name to differentiate himself from all the other Father Michaels. He reassumed his college studies at St. Bonnevere University, where he earned a bachelor's degree in 1957. He professed his solemn vows as a full member of the order in 1958. Following this, he did his theological study at the Holy Name College in Washington, D.C. Upon completing these studies in 1961, he was ordained as a priest. On September 11, 2001, upon learning that the World Trade Center had been hit by the first of the two jetliners, Judge rushed to the site he was met by Rudolf Giuliani, the mayor of New York City at the time, who asked him to pray for the city and its victims. Judge prayed over the bodies lying on the streets, then entered the lobby of the World Trade Center North Tower, where an emergency command posts had been organized. There, he continued offering aid and prayers for the rescuers, the injured, and the dead. When neighboring South Tower collapsed at 9.59 a.m., debris went flying through the North Tower lobby, killing many inside, including Judge. At the moment he was struck in the head and killed, Judge was repeatedly praying out loud, Jesus, please end this right now. God, please end this. According to Judge biographer and the New York Daily News columnist Michael Daly, shortly after his death, New York Police Department Lieutenant William Cosgrove find Judge's body. Even till the very last moment, Judge is still praying and hoping to go ahead and hear the confession of all the fallen ones nearby. And here at Light Plus Up, we want to assure you that we will not forget what you have done, your bravery, your dedication, and what you have given to the families of those victims, a peace of mind that their confession has been heard and they will be in a better place. So please rest in peace, our heroes of Brooklyn, New York. Now our next hero that I would like to talk about, it's a flight attendant who was on the first airplane that had been hijacked, Betty 
Eng Ong. Betty Eng Ong was an American flight attendant aboard American Airlines Flight 11, the first airplane to become hijacked during the September 11 attacks. Shortly after the hijacking, Ong notified the American Airlines ground crew of the hijacking, staying on the telephone for 25 minutes, and relaying viral information. That eventually led to the closing of airspace by FAA for the first time in United States history. Betty N. Ong was born on February fifth, nineteen fifty-six, in San Francisco, and she was of Cantonese descent. At the time of her death, Ong lived in Andover, Massachusetts. On September eleven, she was assigned herself to Flight Eleven. So she could return to Los Angeles and go on vacation in Hawaii with her sister. During the hijacking, she used a telephone car to call American Airlines Operations Reservation Center from the plane rear galley, identify herself, and alerted the supervisor that the aircraft had been hijacked, along with fellow flight attendant Madeline Amy Swinney. She relayed a report of the seat numbers of three hijackers. During her air phone call, she reported that none of the crew could contact the cockpit nor open its door. A passenger and two flight attendants had been stabbed, and she thought someone had sprayed mace in business class cabins. And her heroic act had definitely gave vital information, allowing the country to be better prepared. To ensure that there's not going to be more than the casualty that we have already seen on that particular day. On September 21, 2011, 200 members of Chinese American community in San Francisco gathered in a small park to pay tribute to Ong. Mayor of San Francisco, Willie Brown, who was present, gave a proclamation honoring the people who died in the tragedy, and called September 21. Betty Ong Day. In 2002, the first recipients of the annual Madeline Amy Sweeney Award for Civilian Bravery was Sweeney and Ong. In March 2002, Ong's remains were recovered and identified, and she was buried at the Cypress Lawn Memorial Park in Coma, California. And in 2011, the Recreation Center in San Francisco Chinatown, where she had played as a child. Was renamed in her honor as a Betty Ong Chinese Recreation Center. Her name is included in the 9/11 Memorial, which is dedicated on September 11, 2011. She will always be memorized as a Gold Mountain, a mural dedicated to Chinese contributions to the American history, on Romolo Place in North Beach, a street where she used to skateboard and play as a child. And here. A light plus up. We really want to thank you, Betty, for the things that you have done, the bravery you have shown, and most importantly, the life that you have saved by taking that extra step and following the report and stay on the call as long as you can to provide those vital information. So we thank you, and may you rest in peace. And we promise you that we will not forget what you have done. And live on with your spirits of becoming bravery for others. Now, our last story that I would like to share. It is one of the 343 firefighters 
who have given their life during the 9-11 attack. Firefighters Thomas J. Foley. Sometimes it feels like yesterday, and sometimes it feels like a long time ago. That sums up the 9-11 10th anniversary for Joanne Foley Gross, sisters of fallen firefighters Thomas J. Foley, an 11-year veteran of the fire department New York, who spent his first nine years with a squad, Company 41, and the remainder of her, his career with a rescue Company 3 before being killed on 9-11. Firefighter Thomas Foley was a 10-year member of FDMY. Tommy enjoyed all that the life had to offer him in his 32 years, including his family and friends, rodeo bull riding, his Harley-Davidson motorcycle, hunting fishing, weightlifting, and skydiving. More recently, he became interested in modeling and acting. His adventurous spirit and helpful nature led him to his careers of firefighting, which was his true passion. Tommy was honored by Irish American Magazine for a rescue he made in 2000, and he is also featured in FDNY Firefighters 2003 Calendars of Heroes. He gave his life away on 9-11 while trying to save others. Now, on some of his memorial walls, I'd like to read to all the audience of the gratitude. Written by Caitlin, directly for Tommy. I'm a junior in high school. As the 14th anniversary of 9-11 come upon us, we decided to do a project in our creative writing class on someone that passed away during 9-11. Search, search, and search, and search many websites to find that one person who I wanted to remember and write a story about. After thinking so very hard and making some of the hardest choice I've ever had to make was something so simple as writing a story. I have decided to choose Thomas. For some reason, his name and story stood out to be where nobody else did. Not only do I have such sympathy for his family and friends, I admire him for all his sacrifice he made on that day to save life, even if men losing his own. I promise to do the best of my ability to make sure that his story stands out to everyone I share this with, and I send all my prayers and condolences to the family and friends 14 years later, and he's not forgotten. 9-11 will forever be embedded into many memories. This is Caitlin, written on the memorial wall of Thomas on 2015. Now, another one written by Laura H. I ran a race yesterday on September 10, 2016. It was a run for the fallen. All the athletes got a badge with the pictures and name in the department of the fallen. I got Mr. Follies. I wore his badge on the lanyard, tucked inside my shirt. He was literally on my heart the entire way. It almost felt effortless. I truly felt him with me. His badge is now hanging on my medal display. To the Folly family, I'll remember you, beloved, from this day forward. God bless America. And the last one I would like to share is from Jamie White. I attended the 9-11 Memorial Stair Climb in Yellow Springs, Ohio on September 10, 2016 to honor the fallen firefighters the country lost on that fateful day. I was honored to be able to wear the badge of Thomas J. Foley, firefighters from Rescue 3, 
on my chest as I walk up 110 flights of stairs. When I was finished, I read his name out loud and ring the memorial bells. Thank you for your sacrifice to this country, and please accept my sincere condolences on the loss of your dear Thomas. Your entire family and everyone that love him are in my thoughts and prayers. And here are just a few of the many different messages written for our beloved hero, Thomas J. Fowley, on the memorial wall of National Fallen Firefighter Foundations. He continued to inspire and give courage and bravery to everyone who looked up to him. Remember, Tommy gave his life away for others. He envisioned a world that will be much better, much prettier when we come all united. And he have never had a second thought, and that's why he's a true hero. And here at Life Plus Up, Tommy, we want to make sure that you know we will never forget what you have done, and we give your family the most sincere condolences. And like many people who left their messages on the memorial wall, wherever we see challenges, will remind us the life that you have given to others and the bravery you had displayed on that day. May you rest in peace. Now for all the listeners and to any families of any fallen heroes on that fateful day, we assure you that we will never forget. All right. I will see all of you next Wednesday on Light Plus Our Podcast. Take care and be safe. As we're wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description, you'll be able to find the overview of our contents, the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium. Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or find me on Instagram or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now, we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember, success without fun never lasts. And fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.